0: Welcome back to the Hockey House Pod, episode 124, presented by Optimex Sports. I'm your host, Mackenzie Murphy, joined alongside by Aiden Collins tonight as we bring you all the latest news from the ACHA and AAU College. Hockey Fitz is out. He's got family and friends in town for this weekend series. Herm is working hard in Utica. They're having some tough times. The Comets, they're on quite the losing streak right now. So we're sending good vibes Herm's way. We're sending good vibes Fitz's way. But Collins, me and you running the show tonight, you're probably getting settled. In getting ready to head back to school pretty soon here.
1: Yeah, I'm headed back up to school Friday. We got two games. It might just be one now. We have our Winter Classic game against Lehigh at Spring Mountain Ice, which should be fun. Milk Jug Trophy. Started a new tradition last year. Traveling Trophy, which is this giant Milk Jug. Hopefully going to be playing Duquesne Saturday or Sunday. I forget which. Ready to get back into the swing of things there. This weekend, got to watch some hockey. Went down to D.C. for the Caps game. Seems like it's happening more and more on social media, guides getting thrown headfirst into the Dashers saw that happen to Martin Ferivari and then went to the Ravens game. Uh, on Saturday night, which was uh, a lot of fun, ready to go
0: back to school. Plenty of action this weekend. It was really nice being home, and for the first weekend in a couple weekends, I didn't have any plans. Got to catch a ton of ACHA action on Friday night. Stayed up to watch Minot State and UNLV. That game went to a shootout, which was really exciting to watch. Caught a little bit of Illinois State Maryville, a little bit of UCO Iowa State. Was bouncing all over the place on Friday night, which was always fun. And then Saturday went to go watch my brother's high school team play and living in new hampshire sometimes you gotta it's a hike for an away game so it went two hours south to nashua and just to see them lose which was a bummer not a great start on saturday but then we got dumped on sunday plenty of snow cool enough my younger brother actually got to play an outdoor game on sunday during the snowstorm but it was one of those rinks it's got the roof and then no walls, so it was cool that you know the photos looked amazing from the game and Glad everyone got home safe because the roads were terrible. Looking forward to this weekend's action, though. I will be at the Savannah Hockey Classic, which is always an exciting one. Friday night, we got... Tennessee taking on Florida team we've seen already this year saw them down at Embry Riddle which was really fun and looking forward to seeing those guys and then our game of the week is going to be Georgia versus Georgia Tech really looking forward to this a lot of tradition it's now at the new end market arena this will be the second year they do it there it's actually ECHL all-star weekend too I don't know if they're playing Sunday night against the Savannah Ghost Pirates it'll be a crazy weekend in Savannah for hockey and once again we thank College Hockey South for inviting us down it's going to be very exciting time. Get to catch up with College Hockey South Commissioner Kyle Nell. See some familiar faces. Coach Campy at Georgia. Really looking forward to it. Collins, we have a new intern this week. I know you know you were intern Collins for a little bit at the Hockey House Pod. We've got a new intern, Grace Murphy, the Stonehill College lacrosse player. My younger sister is going to be joining me for the trip. Tim Kalinowski out of the lineup. NFL wildcard weekend makes it a tough one for him to come down.
1: Wildcard weekend is, is always a can't miss, but glad to see grace getting the call up yeah i mean i wish i was able to go i think the plan was originally for me to go down earlier in the year but i got school and my games i gotta play next year hopefully
0: been talking online with a lot of the socials already a lot of photographers gonna be there so we're, we're making the connections ahead of time looking forward to getting down there on thursday night it was like i mentioned really good weekend last weekend in the acha aau college hockey was absent this weekend they will be making a return this weekend making it return with a bang in savannah but some news around the league. Hockey House getting a shout out from the local news was tuning in to 12WBOY, the local news channel covering Clarksburg, Fairmont, and Morgantown, West Virginia. Collins, I'm sure you've seen this, right? You probably watch that every night, right? They did a story on West Virginia's almost having third jersey. For the run it had in the Hockey House podcast tournament. Really cool to see the local news picking it up. West Virginia did a jersey giveaway. They didn't end up winning, but they were still really good sports about it. They're selling replica jerseys still. UNC ended up doing a jersey giveaway to help get some votes in the championship round. They are now selling jerseys again. So we're just helping the ACHA economy right now. Jersey sales are through the roof for these schools. So really cool. I mentioned some snowstorms this weekend here in the Northeast. It was dumping snow in Montana this weekend. to catch a little bit of montana university versus logan lake logan lake plays in the bcihl it is essentially canada's club hockey it is the acha of canada another team that was getting a lot of love on social media this weekend was simon Fraser. they typically play in the bcihl until this season so something to note some club hockey news simon frazier tied BU. They tied BU, they lost to BC. There's a lot of love for them on social media being a club team and tying BU, who is ranked in the top 10. They actually have two teams on campus. They have one team that's in the BCIHL, which is essentially your Canadian club hockey. And then they have another team that's a non-conference team that strictly plays U sports teams, NCAA teams, and ACHA teams. So that's the Simon Fraser team that we saw beat Pitt earlier in the year. I think they beat them six to one. They played Adrian's D3 team. I think they played the national development team. So they basically play an independent schedule and play teams all across North America, but it's pretty cool. And Collins, you can correct me if I'm wrong because I know they're also very big in MCLA, the club lacrosse league, but Simon Fraser is the only NCAA school in Canada. So they compete in NCAA division two. I think they're trying to make a jump to NCAA division one in men's ice hockey. They've been doing this independent schedule thing for a couple of years. Now and you know, it seems like they're making some noise right now. I mean, Simon Fraser, I don't know if I would call them a powerhouse,
1: they are a good MCLA program competing in Division I. I think it would be great to get more Canadian schools involved within the NCAA. It makes sense considering that you know, if you look at at least you sports hockey, like if you threw Ryerson into the NCAA right now, they would you know be an amazing team. They're playing at the old Maple Leafs Gardens and they you know, sell out almost every night. They're a really fun team to watch. I just think it'd be great for the league as a whole to maybe expand towards that NHL model, not just for the league, but also just college sports as a whole to have, you know, teams traveling up to Canada would make it pretty cool
0: yeah so they, they play in the bcihl logan lake who went down to kalispell montana this weekend they played the university of montana in an outdoor exhibition they played one game in missoula logan lake took the victory in that one it was the grizz getting the victory outdoors they basically played in a snow globe this was a really fun one to watch and they had a sold out crowd food trucks they had beer it was it looked like a great event one that certainly we'll have our eye on next season if they do it again but would love to see more of these BCI. HL versus ACHA matchups in the future. I think it's really cool. Kalispell, Montana is like right on the border. So it was very cool, neutral site for these two teams to face off. I want to give a little BCIHL spotlight, little Canadian club hockey spotlight. Cool to see them making some noise, just like the ACHA is here down in the States. But there's another team in Montana who's on fire and they got off to a really good start in 2024, bouncing back from that semester ending loss to their rivals across the state. It's the number 20 rank. Montana State Bobcats they're the number 1 team in ACHA M2 West the ranking system has them at number 20 nationwide they swept number 1 Lindenwood on the outdoor rink this weekend at Centine they actually closed out the trip to missouri with a 4-3 win over maryville maryville was coming off a big upset win on friday night against concordia wisconsin so montana state getting right back on track nationals will be at centine there so i'm sure they're getting familiar with the ice and i uh, wouldn't be surprised if we see a lindenwood versus montana state matchup deep into the acha national championships this year collins we've been keeping an eye on europe though because we got acha teams out there right now the AC CHL is bringing home some Ws right now over in Europe. The Elite team beat SISIK 6 to 2. The Premier team also beat them 5 to 2. Elite beat Slovenia's B team 9 to 2 and Premier beat Slovenia A 3 to 1. So, looks like they're 4 and 0 out there in Europe. Looks like there is another ACHA team that is not having as much success over in Europe. Collins, I don't know if you did we catch the name of the school that Stevenson played the other day.
1: I'm not even gonna try. Uh I saw the name, but it's some Czech university, impossible to pronounce, as are most things in the Czech Republic, at least when I went and visited. Won't even give it a shot. But yeah, that was a, a tough one to to see the final score on. 26 to nothing. A bit unfortunate, but I, I would imagine the experience of just going over to Europe with your boys has uh, got to be worth the while
0: yeah I hope they get to enjoy that trip a little bit more than it looked like they did in the team photo after that thumping from the Czech
1: college team I do want to mention though that team was the reigning college hockey national champion in the Czech Republic so they weren't going up against some random school they were going up Against the best school.
0: That's good to hear. It was also cool to see ACCHL Commissioner Mike Wally addressing the ACCHL Premier Team in their locker room before their second game of the year. He, he gave a big speech about how much it meant to see the ACCHL competing against these schools and then in walked in ACHA Executive Director Craig Barnett, who addressed the team. He actually read the lineup to the boys, got them going, which is good to see. Craig mentioned it. it's been a long time since he's you know coached in hockey and, and had the opportunity to speak to a team before the game game. So you could tell he was fired up to do so. Want to make sure we gave him a shout out. We recapped the Jersey of the year tournament. And it it seems like honestly, January is a big time for Jersey's teams in the second semester, unveiling new threads and Florida Gulf Coast M3, letting the dogs out with this jersey reveal. Honestly, one of my favorite ones we've seen in a while. I actually got a message the other day from a friend at Syracuse who's not, he's a creative guy, likes, you know, graphic design, photography. He doesn't even know anything about club hockey, but he just follows hockey house to, to support the boys. He's like, dude, why do these club teams drop such heaters for Jersey reveals? I honestly think it's just like the culture. I don't know necessarily we've created it, but maybe social media like we talked about it. Collins, you said it earlier today in a group text like we're basically just a glorified Jersey account at this point.
1: When I saw that one, I think not even four posts after was Arizona State's new third Jersey reveal. I am sorry, but if there's one thing the ACHA is better than the NCAA at, it's, jerseys and jersey reveals. They absolutely killed that. And that Arizona State video was just guys skating around and stuff like that. It wasn't really anything special.
0: Boy, has the bar
1: been set high for NCAA to try and compete with us now.
0: It was very Outer Banks style. I think they had the theme song going. And then, you know, the guys are in the Jeep with the top down. They're getting out of the pool. They're walking to the beach fully geared up. The dogs are just barking. Everybody in in sandals, flip flops. Awesome to see that the threads are amazing. Again, I'm not a big cream guy. I don't like the off-white, but they they made it look really good, and they were in action this weekend too, so got to debut those sweet threads. Some other scores from around the ACHA, just a quick little roundup. UCL throttle Iowa State, 12-1 on Friday night. A 4-1 victory on Saturday, so clearly the Cyclones are making some adjustments. Millersville had a big weekend with an overtime win. They actually lost to Army 9-1 on Friday night, but the boys at Millersville responded on home ice with a victory in overtime on Sunday. Minot got a big sweep over UNLV in the game of the week. The Beavers came back and wanted a shootout on Friday night. UNLV jumped out to a lead. Minot came back. Then Minot took the lead, and then UNLV scored late in the game. Ends up going to a shootout. It was our game of the week. Collins, you and I picked Minot to win this one. Herm had UNLV. It does go to a shootout, which we know in the ACHA doesn't really mean anything. Should we give Herm a point in the them
1: Well, we don't use a 3-2-1 scoring system, so sorry arm. Either you
0: win them or you don't and then it was Minot again. Minot on Saturday, they won 5-0. So a convincing win. Really three different games we've seen in this series so far. Minot lost 3-0 to UNLV at the Chicago Showcase. Then we have a a shootout, which is essentially a tie. And then Minot wins 5-0 in the finale. I would imagine we see these two teams at least once more. Hopefully in St. Louis, we get a little bit of a grudge match uh, where we won't end in in a skills competition. Hopefully we get some overtime for that one. But that would be really exciting. exciting if those two teams met down the road in st louis two teams trying to get to st louis westchester and uri facing off both teams on the outside of the rankings looking in westchester though looking to make some noise in the echa second semester and get that auto bid to nationals they came away with a big sweep at uri this weekend 6-2 win on Friday, and then a 5-3 nail-biter on Saturday. I believe they got an empty net goal with this one. Really good for the Rams here. A battle of the Rams. You got to think URI wanted some momentum to start the season, but Westchester, they seem to be giving some teams trouble.
1: Yeah, definitely. They're a very talented team to play against. I mean, it seems like the ECHA is running through Westchester right now, which is not a bad thing to have, considering our playoff tournament is going to be hosted there, so I get to sleep in my own bed, uh, which is lovely. They are just a fast very skilled team well coached team you know if they got into nationals they could win maybe two or three games i think they're an underrated team
0: another big one we had circled on the calendar last weekend was niagara making the road trip to indiana tech in women's division one action the purple eagles got a 3-2 win an upset win on friday night indiana tech returned the favor though with a 4-0 shutout victory on saturday maryville and illinois state went toe-to-toe it was illinois state with the upset win at maryville on friday night and then maryville responded with a 7-6-3 Thriller in overtime on first responders night. I do have to go check though, because I believe the guy who scored the game winner for Maryville, it was his fourth of the game. So we got to make sure we give him a shout out. They had special first responders jerseys, recognizing police fire, and I believe paramedics as well. They had a little bit of yellow in that trim and it was Sam Edwards, his fourth goal of the night led to a seven to six victory. So have a night. Speaking of seven six thrillers, we were treated to one on Friday night. I say treated, there wasn't a stream to this game. So I was treated to some entertaining tweets on Friday night. Pitt holding on to a seven six upset win over Ohio. Ohio returns the favor with a seven four victory on Saturday. But it was David Herman getting a ricochet shot on Twitter from the pit team, ACHA Twitter was having some fun with that. Of course, everybody knows Herm is Ohio grad. He loves his Bobcats and the Bobcat meter, the David Herman Bobcat meter was all the way to the left on Friday night after that disappointing loss. But again, good to see them return the favor. 24 combined goals in one weekend is nuts to see. Pitt usually does a a free live show on YouTube. The Broadcast crew must have been out of town with students not on campus. So unfortunate that we couldn't see the highlights from that one. Maybe we can go find a live barn camera from Alpha Ice Complex. And then Florida Gulf Coast, M2, they got a big sweep over Minnesota. And that is your weekend wrap-up. Again, no AAU action this week. And they will get started in 2024 this weekend I want to make sure we give some stick taps though to Delaware ACHA M2 coach Vince Falkowski on achieving his 200th career win as head coach at the University of Delaware again their ACHA men's two team had a big weekend at Ohio as well they had a big upset win over the Bobcats M2 team so stick taps to the Delaware Blue Hens hammering a hot seat this week. I just got one, one thing I want to throw on the hot seat. I got to call out the TikTok hockey players and I'm sure I'm showing my age here, but I think it's talked about a lot in the hockey world that nobody really watches full hockey games as much anymore. We love that, you know, when you wake up for breakfast, you can go and you can watch the NHL highlights and you see the hits, the goals, but that, I don't think that's good for like your hockey development. You got to watch a play develop. You got to watch breakouts and all that stuff and kids just aren't watching them nowadays. But one trend I have seen is like if something goes viral on TikTok, of course, everyone's going to do it. And I don't know where it started, but kid scores a goal on the first shift of this high school game and he goes down on one knee and he sticks his glove on the end of the stick and he was trying to do the selfie stick, Sally. And I I kid you not, it must have taken him 20 minutes to try to get the glove on top of the stick. And by the time he got it there, it, it, it just ruined it. And so I, I'm throwing TikTok hockey players on the hot seat because if if you're getting your hockey knowledge from TikTok, you got you to gotta find some streams, you got to find some ESPN subscriptions and watch some more hockey.
1: I do kind of sympathize with those kids who can't watch a full hockey game. I cannot watch a full hockey game at least the Capitals because they'll go up to nothing and then give up 6 straight and then I turn the TV off. At the Caps game on Sunday. They always do the mites on ice. This one kid had like two goals and he's a pretty good hockey player for eight years old from the DMV area. They interview him after the game and he's like, yeah, you know, it's uh, it's really nice being out here on NHL ice. You know, you're from Southern Maryland, Northern Virginia. You do not have a Minnesota accent. Please stop faking it. It's like this kid was just fed Coach Chippy and um, the Zen guy just on TikTok constantly and he just
0: put on the accent and like something's got to change. Speaking of mini mites, did you see the Halifax moose heads have like the mini inflatable for when the Timbits come on the ice between periods? That clip was going around the internet of the kids wiping out on their way out into the ice.
1: Yeah, I saw that. That was that was really cute and really funny.
0: You know, Speaking of stereotypical hockey players, I was listening to the pregame show. UNLV did a great job. They do like a pregame show. They talk about both teams. They showed some Minot State highlights. They showed some UNLV highlights, some players to Watch and it was actually the de- debut of Nick Doyle, longtime follower of the Hockey House pod, I actually. Remember following him in the early days. His at was like disco doyle or something. He played for Minot State and he took a year off from hockey transferred. He's now at UNLV and he actually made his debut against his former team, Minot State, this weekend. And so they interviewed him during warm-ups. They must have asked him three questions. And he was just like he answered the first one with like, you know, I just gotta go out there and, and know my role and go out there. And it was funny. Like he didn't describe what his role was at all. He just said, I gotta go do my role. They responded with a follow-up question. And he said, Like I said, I just gotta go out there and do my role I'm like dude relax like your pregame interview in the ACHA can we get a little more personality here for this YouTube live stream hey he's media trained what can he say yeah we we need some showmanship though this is UNLV college hockey here let's let's see it rebels that is true honorary hot seat for that Maybe. I do want to take somebody off the hot seat though. Again, I, I have it in quotes here. I wasn't familiar with your game. The Jersey mics, I've slandered them before. It came from a bad place. I, I vividly remember losing to Drexel and getting on the bus and just having wet Jersey Mikes, cold cuts on the bus. And I've never actually had real Jersey mics. I've only had like the catered stuff that you get on the bus. And it's, you know, it's been sitting out. It's it's not good. You know what I'm talking about, Colin. It's like soaking wet. Jersey Mikes loves to loves to throw the sauce on. And I went to Jersey Mike's the other day. My dad, we're we're on the way home from this high school hockey game. My dad says, hey, you want to stop here? We'll get Jersey Mike's. And I'm like, I really don't want cold cuts for dinner. He was like, oh, why don't we just get Wendy's? And we go to Wendy's. Wendy's is close. We got to go next door to the Jersey Mike's. I am so glad we went to Jersey Mike's because I got a chicken, bacon, ranch, cheese steak, and it was was phenomenal. I understand the hype around Jersey Mike's and I would just want to come out and formally apologize for ever slandering.
1: Yeah. I mean, I said before we started recording, if you do order Jersey Mike's and cater it for your team, you know, right after a game, you get on the bus, ask for the oil and the vinegar on the side. So your sandwich is not super soggy and you can put it on yourself. That's the way we've been doing it at Villanova. It's the way to go really makes a world of difference. I'm glad you've come around on Jersey Mike's because at least in terms of like national, like in air quotes delis, Jersey Mikes takes the cake over Subway every single day.
0: I saw a TikTok today that was talking about Jersey Mikes maybe coming for Chipotle as like the go to fast food place. And and I I honestly, Chipotle's been slacking lately. So I, I would love to see that.
1: Yeah, really inconsistent with the portion size. We
0: notice Chipotle. We notice. Shout out to USA hockey though. Those boys getting Chipotle for a year. That's gotta be an amazing feeling. Again, not that we we literally just slander Chipotle, but I would take Chipotle for free for a year, any day of the week. Yeah, I mean, my
1: Chipotle just got here, so I'd be lying if I said I didn't like Chipotle.
0: We'll turn over our interview this week. Actually, we have a really good interview. Looking forward to this one. It coincides with the Savannah Classic. We got a couple guys joining the show this week. Steven and Craig, they're organizers of the Work of Cup. It is a charity hockey tournament with club hockey alumni teams. What is better than getting the guys together long after graduation, get together to compete for you know a championship representing your school? So Steven and Craig are going to come on. We're going to do a great interview with them. And as always, it's brought to you by Optimex Sports. Optimex provides teams the opportunity to build and manage their own website. And the best part is these guys know club hockey. So be sure to check them out using the link in our bio. And if you're interested in signing up, be sure to use our referral link at OptimexSports.com slash sign up slash Hockey House Pod. Once again, that's Sports dot com slash signup slash hockey house pod. They've got new great features that we're super excited about. We've been in the works, talking to them for a very long time. You can now add a team store to your site, sell tickets, merchandise, even make payments. So be sure to check them out at optimexsports.com. We are pleased to be joined by Florida state ACHA alumni, Steven Saver and Craig LaDuke joining us today to talk about the upcoming alumni classic in the battle for the Worka cup in Jacksonville, Florida, this March, Stephen Craig, Welcome to the Hockey House pod.
2: Yeah, man. Thanks for having us.
0: Yeah, thank you. Excited to be here. Yeah, we're we're, we're pumped to have you guys on. It's actually fitting that the Savannah Classic is this weekend. And uh, we're going to be down catching the action for that one. I know that's where this tournament was last year, I believe. So excited to have you guys on. Catch us up to speed. You know, you guys both played at Florida State. What are you up to now? Steve, we'll throw it over to you first.
2: I'm the president of a nonprofit organization called the United for the Fallen. Uh, We started um, a couple of years ago after a hockey teammate of ours at Florida State passed away in 2021. We started this organization to support military families and Gold Star families across the country. Uh, John Worka was, he was a Green Beret. We wanted to honor you know, his life and his legacy and his commitment to our country. And, uh, so I've been running the, the United for the Fallen program for the past two and a half years. Awesome stuff. And Craig, what about you? played
3: hockey at Florida state from 04 to 08. um, moved up and down the East coast for jobs and things like that. Currently settled in, uh, Cary, North Carolina, just outside of Durham. And with Steve here, uh, founding board member for, for a tough foundation as well.
0: Awesome stuff. Still tied to hockey too. And we'll, we'll get into that. Steve, you mentioned, you know, the reason that you're doing what you're doing. Walk us through what, how did we get this idea to do a tournament? I mean, you guys know just as much as I do, like, Hockey guys just love sticking around and playing in tournaments. I imagine that's probably where you guys got the idea to do this.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of how it, how it originated. You know, we started the United for the Fallen, you know, after Johnny passed away, you know, we got this idea of maybe we should do some sort of, you know, alumni hockey tournament, some sort of hockey tournament and call it after him and kind of just spitballing ideas and be like, what kind of tournament can we throw the Savannah hockey classic to us, to Florida state guys, it was just such a special place and a special like time to be at Florida state. And we, we won it back in 2008 for a lot of us that, you know, were in that in those years at Florida state, it was a, it was a very special To us. So, we had this idea that maybe we could do an alumni tournament in Savannah the same weekend as the Savannah Hockey Classic. And so, that's kind of how we started building this idea. And so, we reached out to UGA alumni, Georgia Tech alumni, UF alumni, and said, Hey, we have this idea. We're going to put an alumni team together of Florida State guys. Would you guys want to come to Savannah? Have a great weekend. We'll go to the other tournament. We'll play a few games and we'll just kind of go from there. And that's kind of how we built this thing. And so, last year we had the inaugural Worka Cup in Savannah. And it was a great time. Unfortunately, UGA couldn't put a team in. So we had to get guys from Kennesaw State in the Atlanta area. And they put a team together really quick. So they came down, you know, with like two weeks notice. We played a bunch of games down there and we gave out the first work a cup. It was a lot of fun in Savannah. And then the shoe dropped like, a week after we found out that Florida State was no longer going to be involved with the Savannah Hockey Classic, and we were devastated. As like Florida State alumni, we were we were raising hell with the Savannah Sports Council and talking to the team and going like, you know, what is happening now? We've we kind of kind come down from that high, and we're like, well, we want to continue doing this, and we want to continue giving out the worker cup. Maybe find a better venue. Maybe move to a different location. Let's find some more teams. So that's where we're at with this year's edition: is moving to Jacksonville, Florida, in March, inviting more teams, trying to find more people to come to jacksonville and be a part of this whole thing and and make it a premier event every year
0: well the good news is you guys have chosen another warm location so i can imagine it will be pretty easy getting some teams together and you know we're certainly looking to catch some of that you know the magic of the savannah hockey classic that we've heard about all these years we've seen plenty of photos and and hoping to get that this weekend but craig when you first heard about you know the this idea of of doing the tournament like what were your first thoughts
3: steve had uh pitched it to me first few months i was like this you know Every year as an alumni, there, there's got to be, I mean, 20, 30 guys that you're not even, like, you're not aware of that they're going to the tournament to watch. So, you know, you you fly in, you guys travel to to Savannah, you show up and you're like, oh, like, you know, Steve's here. Uh, my old line mate Ross is here. This is great. So originally, you know, it was just an awesome idea. I still speak with uh, a close buddy of mine, Craig Morrow, who, play, who played at UF a few years overlapped. Um, we pitched it to him. Um, and he was like, oh, I'm in New York, but uh, this is great. And then with my luck the first year, so uh, my second child, he was born a little early, uh, about a month before the tournament. So unfortunately, I couldn't go to it this past year. But uh,
0: yeah, Steve, I got to ask because it's hard enough as is tracking down alumni at the school that you played at. What is that like tracking down alumni for schools that you didn't go to?
2: Uh, Oh, that's that's a great question. I think that'd be a, a, a better question for these alumni that we that we reach out to. I mean, it's living in Atlanta. Uh, so I, I live in Atlanta. Currently, I've lived in Atlanta for um, like 12 years now. Um, and so I, I get to know a lot of the local guys. So I know a lot of Georgia Tech guys. I know a lot of Georgia guys. Um, and we still have a lot of contacts with with the UF guys in Florida. So it, it was kind of easy to to find those guys. Now, what we're struggling with is finding the other teams. You know, we reached out. Uh, we reached out to Ole Miss and Ole Miss has a, has put in a team for the tournament this year through just different contacts. Like, hey, who who does UGA know? Who have they done other alumni games against? And so they gave us Ole Miss and we reached out to them and they were in. And then we reached out to USF, UCF. I mean, other teams that we've played against in the South. And there's there's a good network of guys. There's guys that still play beer league hockey. I mean, here in Atlanta, I mean, guys from all over the country. There's a guy from Penn State. There's a guy from Northeastern. You kind of feel it around and you talk to them and say, hey, do you have an alumni group that you still talk to? And that's kind of how it kind of started. And it's like, hey, we do this tournament. Do you guys want to be a part of it? That's just kind of how we go about it right now.
0: Yeah. And hopefully you guys coming on and talking to us, there's got to be a group of alumni sending group texts as they're listening to this right now, maybe hopefully planning a trip down to Jacksonville in March. Walk us through um, that selection of the venue here because we talked about, you know, sticking with the warm weather in Florida. What are you guys having going on in Jacksonville that you're excited about?
2: Well, I'll uh, I'll plug the players championship. It's the same weekend as the uh the uh, alumni classic in Jacksonville. So there's there's a lot going on uh that weekend in Jacksonville. So it's uh, and it's also St. Patrick's Day. It's a busy time of year. It's it's a lot of stuff going on in Jacksonville, but I mean, the biggest thing for for especially for Florida State, and I'll say this, uh, Jacksonville was our home rink for a while. There's no ice hockey. There's no ice rink in Tallahassee. So we would have to drive to either Jacksonville or Orlando just to practice. And so the Jacksonville rink I mean, we would drive across, you know, 150 miles across I 10 just to have a Friday night and a Saturday night practice. So we're familiar with the rink. They've done some renovations to it uh, recently. So they have added another sheet and they've added a restaurant and a bar. So it, it has gotten a lot, a lot better over the years. It's a better facility. It's got two sheets of ice instead of just the one in Savannah, actual locker rooms with showers. <laughs> That's why we chose Jacksonville. And I mean, we would love to stay in Jacksonville for other editions, but who knows what could happen if the tournament gets big enough, we might move it around and go to different places, different cities, If we get more contacts, you know, even out west, like we'd love to do something out, you know, anywhere.
0: Yeah, well, I was pumped when when you reached out and and sent over the flyer because I think you said this seems like it would be up your alley. And I was like, this is perfect. Like we've been talking about like how cool it would be, you know, we could get alumni groups together and do a tournament like this. I think the special thing, too, is uh, I noticed here looking at the photo. You guys have jerseys for each team in their school colors. Like, what was the decision to do that instead of maybe having teams, you know, try to bring their own jerseys?
2: Uh, so that was that was kind of the pull for for last year's tournament Um, we did that as a kind of a special thing where I went ahead and I used a a jersey supplier and I said hey give me some mock-ups of of these four teams And I said I need an FSU I need a Georgia Tech I need a Georgia and and a uh, a Florida the mock-ups looked really cool like Florida had the gator skin and I was like I was like yes this is what I need to do so I kind of took a took some pressure off of those other guys being like hey if you get your alumni to Savannah I'll have jerseys for you I'll have socks it's of to be part of your registration package Um, I'd love to be doing it again this year but with more teams coming it's just a little bit too convoluted we kind of left the jerseys up to up to the teams and said hey bring your own jerseys you know make sure if you want to bring a dark bring a light just so we're not you know clashing colors or whatnot the jerseys turned out awesome the pictures were great and we had a we had a great logo uh, for the tournament last year so they look really cool
0: Let's uh let's dive into the story of, of John Worka, because it sounds like he was an amazing teammate. You know, your relationship you guys had with him at Florida State, like walk us through, because we talk about so often on this podcast, like the different kind of role players you have on these club hockey teams. There's guys, you know, doing the finances behind the scenes. You got the guy playing the music in the locker room. Like what type of teammate was John?
2: I'll let Craig take this one on on the. On the first
3: day yeah yeah I uh, I was fortunate enough uh, I lived together with John sophomore in senior year senior year we had an apartment right across the street from the football stadium and it was just him and I and that was it was a zoo um we had a skate sharpener in there uh you know Sunday through Thursday we are hanging the the hockey equipment out to dry of course our next door neighbor I believe at the time he was the head of the board of directors of Florida State. So I'm sure they absolutely just loved having two hockey players live next door. He was kind of, yeah, he was the finance guy. He was the scheduler. He made sure we had the officials there. He booked the hotels. Pretty much him and I kind of split most of the duties, but yeah, he was just kind of that go-to guy for making sure, you know, schedule's done, hotels are booked, we've got transportation, we've got a place to stay, things like that. And then I mean, as a teammate, Steve's first year, he got to see this. So I believe my sophomore, junior year, he was my linemate, my winger. Just something, you know, again, club hockey, you do all that recruiting, you get a couple more forwards, a couple more D. Well, we had too many forwards. So senior year, he just decided, you know what, like, I want to keep playing on the team, but I'm losing my spot as a forward. He ended up just dropping back and playing defense uh, his final year, just showing that like the guy, the kind of guy he was.
0: That's awesome. Seems like he was the a guy that every club hockey team would want to have on their roster.
3: Hundred percent. Craig and John
2: were a couple years a couple years ahead of me. I came in and I was a soft. I, my first year was a that would have been oh seven oh eight, and you guys that would have been your last year. Craig and John, you know, and they were the seniors and we were the underclassmen. So it's you know taken taken under the wing type of deal. And I remember you know spending. You know, weekends at at Craig and John's place and hanging out and, you know, the typical stuff you guys do. I mean, you watch hockey on the weekends and, you know, you you see each other during the week and you go out to bars and you have a good time. And, you know, that's what being that's what being hockey players and teammates are all about, really. Um, And we we joke at Florida State because, you know, the hockey team was kind of like our fraternity. You know, fraternities at Florida State are very big, uh, the, the Greek life. And it was like, oh, what, you know, what fraternity do you belong in? Oh, I belong in the hockey fraternity. You know, we had our own boys. We had our own house. We had our own, our own stuff that we wanted to do. And we would plan our own events. And we had our own weekends. And, you know, you, you travel and you, you spend nights in hotels and you play 11 o'clock games on Friday night. And then you're up till five, six in the morning playing video games. That's what club hockey is all about, man. And, uh, we, we loved it. It was, uh, it was something that, you know, I'll never, I'll never get to experience again, but it'll always be in my memory. John, after he graduated, he, uh, he would come on, he would come on weekends. He would come to Savannah, you know, we were still, we were still playing. And I was, I was coaching the, the FSU hockey team at that time. And he would always give me, uh, give me hell because I could never win it as a coach. That was his big knock on me. I mean, he was always just a team guy. He loved Florida State. He loved Florida State hockey. You know, he joined uh, joined the military in 2010. You know, obviously, you know, time passes and, you know, lives change and you move and you spread out. And, you know, John, John was an amazing guy and what he did with his military career, um, becoming a Green Beret. He was a combat diver, everything you want to be. And, and uh, when he passed in 21, it was a, it was a shock to a lot of us. And so that's kind of how we all came back together as a group. And unfortunately, you know, we started doing more alumni things because of it. Um, it's, you know, tragic and unfortunate circumstances, but we're, we're starting to build these friendships again that we had years ago at Florida state. And it's actually been amazing. It's been a really cool. It's been a really cool experience.
0: It's funny, too. We talk about it all the time in the the club hockey world, like the connections. Like you guys mentioned, like, you know, you run into a guy, maybe it's during work and, you know, he he played at Ole Miss or you're playing men's league and that guy played it at, at Kennesaw State. It's crazy the connections that, that hockey has. And especially when you guys played for the same school, like I know I went back to my alumni weekend in Syracuse for the first time and it was amazing. It was like, wow, like I want I want to be here every weekend. Like I forgot how fun this all is to be around you know, playing hockey with the guys. Like we woke up, we played the alumni game at eight A. M. on a Saturday and we were battered and bruised, but nobody wanted to leave the next morning in the locker room.
2: I think that's kind of the idea with this tournament is that, you know, everyone talks about, especially at our age, um, Mac, I don't know how old you are, but I'm in my 30s. Craig, you're, you're almost 40. I don't want to age you. You know, we talk about, you know, I'm a golfer too, and I go on my golf buddy weekends. I want to make this kind of like the buddy, the hockey buddy weekend. You mark it on your calendar. You know, you're going to Jacksonville, Florida for, you know, St. Patrick's Day weekend. All your buddies are coming. You're going to play a couple hockey games. You might go to the beach. It's going to be the new buddy buddy weekend. That's what my wife calls it anyway. She's like, Oh, you're going to Jacksonville for your buddy weekend. It's like, well, yeah, that's what it's all about. Once you, once you start meeting these guys and, it, and it's not just the guys that we played with, you know, in the early and late two thousands. I mean, we're meeting guys that just graduated like two or three years ago and are coming to our alumni events now. And we're getting to know these guys. And so we're kind of bringing them into our fold of like, Hey, welcome to the alumni group. And that's even more fun because those kids, they're, they're fresh out of college. They have unbelievable stories. And that's all I want to do is I want to sit down, drink a beer and listen to those kids talk because it's hysterical. It's an amazing time.
0: And so I I graduated last year in 2023. But that's why I was so adamant in going back for alumni weekend is because alumni weekend was my favorite year weekend of the year because these guys would come back we would go to the bar with them we would tell stories and i was like i gotta catch up on on more stories so i gotta go back and meet the guys and it's it's cool like the older generation the younger generation alumni everyone's alums at the end of the weekend and everyone's got stories to share so it's just as much fun every time you go back but i want you mentioned the passing of john steve and i just want to go back to you know what your mission is at the united for the fall and, and what you guys are doing to provide more support for military families
2: um the united for the fallen was an idea obviously that we we came up with after john's passing we kind of really didn't know we didn't we obviously didn't have a name we didn't have a brand we didn't even have a mission we just had like a group of people that was me craig john's widow erica john's parents uh john's siblings and literally my wife and we were like sitting around and we're going we want to do this But what exactly are we going to do? It took us, I would say, a couple of months to figure that out. It was actually the brainchild of my wife and John's uh, widow, Erica. We were sitting there talking, and Erica says, you know, I haven't had my house cleaned in like six months. And my wife goes that's what we need to do. Our mission became, we want to support these Gold Star families, these families who have lost loved ones in the line of duty. And we want to do their housework. You know, we want to mow their lawns. We want to pressure wash their driveways. We want to do uh, after school programs for their kids. That's what we do as an organization. We raise funds to, you know, distribute to these families all across the country, whether it's the simple thing of someone cleaning their house for six months or doing their yard work. I mean, that's what we set up for them. uh, So they don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. They can worry about what's more important, whether that's, family their kids and and just kind of take a step back for a little bit and and
0: get back on track then do you guys do other than like the dues to play in the tournament is there anything else going on in the weekend that raises money
2: uh we'll probably do some like 50 50 raffles you know all these different ideas going obviously we're looking for sponsors for the event whether they're local or nationwide you know we're looking for you know companies in jacksonville florida to you know help us and put on the tournament also all the money that we do raise goes towards you know our mission and helping these gold star families but as far as other things for the for the weekend pretty much just the tournament we'll do some fun raffles or you know we'll figure out we'll figure out something as we go here over the next couple of months going into march
0: and before we move on from it if people are listening steve where can they reach out to maybe get more information either put a team in maybe if they're interested in sponsoring the tournament as well
2: they can go to our website which is the unitedforthefallen.com uh, you can find us on there. You can find us on Instagram and on Facebook at the same handle um, at the United for the Fallen. Just reach out to us. If you have, you know, a group of a group of buddies that wants to put a team in all the information's on our website there to reach out to us. Um, if you want to become a sponsor again, same thing. All the information's there. Just reach out. We'll find your email and we'll uh, we'll reach back out to
3: you. A shameless plug. We, we still got a couple spots in the tournament. So, uh you know, shameless plug, maybe Syracuse wants to get a team in.
0: I can think of a number of guys who, who would want to play in this thing. So I got to do some, uh, some contacting and, and, and get in touch with some guys and maybe we can get something in the works here. I, I got a message after alumni weekend. It was a guy who was like, we, we got to find a men's league tournament to play. in." so this seems like the perfect option. <laughs> so we'll have to stay in contact with you guys. And if I can't make it down, we'll, we'll find a couple guys who can. Craig, let's turn it over to your hockey career here. Like I, look at the ACHA and AAU college hockey now and with social media it seems like everybody knows a, a little more about it than they did back then. Like walk us through where did you grow up playing hockey and how the heck did you end up at Florida State?
3: Yeah, that's a great question. I mean uh so I'm originally from Rhode Island, played high school hockey at Mount St. Charles Academy.
0: Again, you're
3: you're close to New England base. not sure if you've ever heard of it, but uh you know the whole
0: big time hockey school.
3: Yeah. Big time and uh my claim to fame is we had a great streak of I think it was 21 straight state championships and uh my senior year we lost it Greg, i've seen the
0: movie i it's, know oh, I've... you've seen ice kings yes
3: yes have, oh my god I, I have a cameo i'm center ice crying that's my cameo this is great realize you, you know you've seen ice kings you're what you're probably one of the five that bought it at uh you know, on the Clarence Isle, it was actually fortunate in the long run. I think for me, that was a good rude awakening to have. You play at that level of hockey at a younger age and you, you have that pipe dream of like, I'm going to go play in college. I'm, I'm, I'm going pro. This is it. This is, you know, this is what guys do. For me, it just kind of forced me to reassess what was important in my life. I did want to keep playing hockey. It just kind of at a, a more, hey, I want to play for fun. and I don't want to play only to win. And somehow I just I found out that Florida State had an ice hockey team. Going to warmer weather, playing ice hockey just sounded like a really cool gig. Just went down the East Coast, went down there, and turns out they have a hockey team, but not an ice rink within three hours. So, (laughs) go figure.
0: Wow, that's that is unbelievable. Like in this day and age, it, it still even seems crazy to fathom a kid from Rhode Island growing up and playing hockey at Mount St. Charles and then going to Florida State. But even back then, like I mean, who were you reaching out to to learn more about the hockey team?
3: Um, they I just. Googled and uh, you know they they had a website and it was you know probably one of the guys on the team that was just running out of his basement. He's actually going to be joining us on the weekend. Mark Matthews, he's one of the current coaches of the club. Him and uh, another guy, Jamie Haskell, um, who I think somehow he was on the club team for about 15 years because back in our day the ACHA didn't uh, they didn't enforce rules as strictly as they probably do now just reach out to those guys they gave some information and uh, hey we're gonna have some tryouts and I mean back then tryouts were kind of more hey if you show up to Orlando and you have hockey gear you're probably gonna be on the team compared to now I think you had asked earlier like you know how the ACHA spawn into the AAU and I see some of the clips of what D3 guys are doing now the scope of what club hockey has become uh since
0: steve and i finished is i mean
3: it's incredible you can't even compare the two it
0: it is crazy how far it has come that's why it's so cool talking to you guys and getting these stories steve you you mentioned you're a couple years behind craig like how did you end up in tallahassee uh
2: how much time you got
0: Yeah, I'm actually born and raised uh, down in South Florida. I I
2: grew up uh, with the Florida Panthers uh, in 1993. I was five years old when the Panthers became a franchise down there. The roller rink started to come, and then the ice rink started to be built. And I played every sport under the sun. Obviously, coming from Florida, you play soccer, you play baseball, you play football. But I loved playing hockey, and there was just something about it. And picked up roller hockey really quick, and then that spawned into ice hockey. And then sophomore year of high school, I ended up going to Shattuck St. Mary's in Minnesota. I was there for a year. Um, I got drafted into the OHL out of Shattuck. I played two unremarkable seasons with the Sarnia Sting in the Ontario Hockey League. After those seasons, I ended up back going back down to Florida. I, I applied to Florida State. I uh, I had a uh, my contract still with Sarnia to, to go to a state school in Florida. I picked Florida State because I had a couple buddies that I grew up playing hockey with in, in high school that were at Florida State. And so that's where I ended up. After I left uh Sarnia, you know, I was burnt out. I was literally like, I'm hanging up my skates. I really don't want to see a hockey puck. I just wanna like go back to a normal life. And then I get to Florida. Florida State. And my buddy goes, hey, you know, they have a hockey team here. And I went, shit. (laughs) (laughs) So I think the next semester I had my I had my gear up in up in Tallahassee. And I was like, well, let's see what this is all about. I mean, unfortunately, like Craig said, you know, at that time, the ACHA really wasn't looking at D3 schools to, you know, enforce rules. And so I played about what eight games, you would say, I think, Craig, my last game that I played for Florida State was in the Savannah Hockey Classic. I think the week after that, they, uh, they called me and said, hey, you can't play anymore. <laughs> That's the end of my, uh, my playing career at Florida State. I ended up coaching the team for the next four years after that.
3: Steve's going to kill me for this, but just a shameless plug. He actually has his own playing card for Sarnia Stank. So I uh, did some some researching and I I bought a whole team pack here and uh, I had him autograph it uh, not too long ago for me. So good, good keepsake there. I
2: think he found it for $2 on eBay.
0: That is amazing. Cause Steve, as you're telling your story, I'm looking you up here and I'm looking at the same exact trading card that Craig is holding in his hand right now on Google images. So it's funny too. Craig mentioned not too long ago that it's crazy. You know how many more rules that the ACHA probably has. And as soon as you said that you played in the OHL, my mind starts you know, racing. I'm like, wow, did this guy sneak through the cracks and they cracked down even back then, but you got to play in the the savannah classic which is pretty cool and and the fact that i can google your name and there's a photo of you playing against florida in the savannah classic is pretty cool
2: one of the two best hockey games like of my life those two games brought me back to the game of hockey it it literally did like it was it was so much fun florida state hockey i mean it it was refreshing let's say that because you go from high school hockey to playing in the ohl back to like you know, this club hockey team where it's just a bunch of guys who just want to play. Like there was no like pretense of like, hey, we're going to go out and win championships. And it's like, no, we just want to play. We're driving to Jacksonville. We're driving to Orlando. We don't care what time the ice is available. We're just we just want to play. It brought me back. It brought the love of the game back back to me. And so I'll I'll always thank Florida State and the club hockey for doing that for me.
0: Well, we got to talk about it while, while we're on the subject, because I I mean, you guys see it nowadays, like attendance at sporting events is not what it used to be, right? Maybe in the streaming days. And now that we're in the cell phone era where, you know, I didn't watch the winter classic the other day, but I saw every clip and highlight from it. Right. So I don't need to tune in on TV if I'm doing something during the day. And, um, you know, now the Savannah classic is at end market arena and there's a great crowd, but I look at some of these old photos from the time you guys played. And this place is rocking in Savannah. There is not an empty seed in the house that must have been Steve you mentioned you probably played in some big time games in the OHL and Probably nothing compared to the environment in Savannah.
2: It was a different crowd. I mean, it's eight thousand people jammed into this little civic center, and they're just stacked on top of you. I mean, that was that was the coolest thing. Is that like, you know, the arena's not that big. The seats sit really high up, and so it almost feels like the crowd was like on top of you. Um, it reminded me of playing in in Windsor in Ontario because the the crowd sat a little bit higher than the glass at Windsor. They were above the glass. They weren't below it. It, it had that feel, but. I'll I'll tell you this. In 2008, the games that were played that year at the Savannah Hockey Classic, three of them went into overtime. And it was, I mean, off the rails. So we scored the game winner against Florida with three seconds left to go in overtime to win the thing. And I mean, you talk about people like rushing onto the ice. I mean, it was complete chaos. I mean, people are going nuts like Georgia and Georgia Tech had to play after us. And they were like trying to get us off the ice. And we're like, hell no. We're not getting off the ice. We're milking this for everything. It it was crazy scenes. I mean, Craig can probably have some memories of that, but I remember just it being insane.
3: It's the one tournament that all year, this was our selling point. If we had a freshman coming in that they're like, oh, you guys drive three hours to play a game. Like, I don't know. All we would do is put up photos and just talk about our experience at the tournament. They bring you in, you get in a night early, both Friday and Saturday, you get noon skate arounds. I mean, you're treated like a pro the entire weekend. So you get your noon skate around, you show up, they want you there like dressed 20 minutes before game time. They announce every single player one by one, You know, from Providence, Rhode Island, number three, Craig put a spotlight on you. They make ice I think every period. You go to the locker room. You got forty kids screaming, "I want a puck! I want a stick!" And you're like, "I gotta pay for this myself. Like this isn't, you know, I go 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 ask Sidney Crosby for a stick. Like I can't I can't afford to give you my Eastern synergy at the time too. I mean, probably not many venues for NCAA were serving beer. So I mean, people are just you know they're drinking all day. They're watching these games. They're you know they want to see guys fight. Just I mean, we we had uh, Morrow and uh, Ross Bernkrant one year square off. Two guys square off center ice to end a game. I think three years we had games ending in a shootout back in the day the games were really close the teams were evenly matched Friday night we would play Georgia Tech then Florida would play Georgia Saturday night was rival night and that's where we'd play Florida so everyone was always dialed up a little bit more and then you'd stick around watch a little bit of the Georgia Georgia Tech game I mean the crowd for that game was just it, it was just insane it was a lot of
0: fun I mean it, it looks insane and Craig you mentioned You know, growing up in Providence, Rhode Island, probably a big Hockey East fan growing up, if I can imagine. You know, I grew up a UNH fan. Dad went to UMaine, too, so we always went back and forth between the two rinks. I've never been to the Savannah Classic. I'll go this weekend. I would always describe it to people as it's the South's Bean Pot. Is that on par? Like, it's so hard to... You basically build up all season. It's the rivalry games, packed house. It's so hard for people maybe outside of the sphere to understand why it's such a big deal. They would always tie in, like, again you got four teams that are relatively close there's a
3: football rivalry there there's a regional rivalry Georgia Tech I don't know if they're considered a state school but it's all essentially public schools and even during the season like I think back in the day we would play Florida counting the game there we'd play them probably about five times throughout the season so that was either the the third or the fifth time we'd play them so usually by that time there's stuff that's carrying over from the previous semester that you're just like I just can't wait to get this out of my system like you know so- and so cracked me you know two months ago and this has just been boiling up and i'm ready to unleash fans that you know they oh, I remember you from two seasons ago and do you remember this play and and i mean it just they give out the cup they have M- mvps for each uh maybe not each game but i think each team gets awarded an mvp trophy we would always have a contest of who could do the most damage to the mvp trophy but uh yeah i mean it just it, it was always such a fun time
2: yeah, we'll, uh, we'll definitely give you some recommendations for Savannah. We've been there obviously enough to recommend every good pizza place or every good bar. There's plenty of fun to be had, Mac. There's plenty of fun to be had down there, man. I'm, I'm jealous you're going this year.
0: Yeah, we're really looking forward to it. You know, it's just crazy. Like, we went down to start the year. We went to Daytona, and we caught the home opener for Embry-Riddle versus Florida, mm-hmm. and that place was packed. Like, did you guys play there back in the day? What oh, a barn. Yeah. <laughs> their locker rooms are under their stands, so you're getting ready,
3: and all you just hear is the whole 30 minutes just they, the crowds get amped up and you're like oh goodness you come out of the locker room and almost like clockwork the very first thing beer's getting poured on you this is how I got to start tonight like I'm just I- I'm getting yelled at already by I don't know what maybe 800 kids behind me I'm getting beer dumped on me I, and that's a small rink it gets loud in there
0: you got 800 people they're pouring beer on you there's a good chance that they're going to be flying you when you fly like American in a couple months
3: and normally for us it, it was funny too because we'd always open up they would usually be our first weekend game every year because we had new guys we couldn't get new jerseys in time so it would always be like a hodgepodge of jerseys for us too so it's like kind of like a really glorified men's league game where we got like three versions of Florida State jerseys on the bench just because it's like, all right, well, you're new. So it's going to take another two weeks for those jerseys
0: to come in. I got to imagine too, you know, talking about the jerseys, this is probably something that that John had to work with back in the day. But were the trademark and licensing rules a little more loose back in the day? Could anyone just throw the the seminal logo on a jersey and, and go about their business? Or were, were they giving you guys a hard time back then too?
3: Back then, there were ways around things. You know, I don't think companies had to report it as much as they do now. I will say, I think too, with us, fortunate. So, like, I also worked in our campus rec office. So, I had a relationship there that we kind. I could get some stuff passed not you know not saying the school didn't but the school approved it but being there on campus it was a little hard but I Steve can go into lately if they've really really reined it in
2: I I love Florida State I love them so much but when it comes to anything with their colors or their logo they are super protective it pains me I I love I love the thing you guys do with the jerseys and it's so cool to see all those jerseys. And it pains me so much because I'm sitting there going like, we could have the most kick-ass jerseys in the league. FSU will not like approve what we want. And we've done some cool ones in the past. We've had like, you know, this is this is an old school one with the, you know, the old FS FSU logo on it. And we've had the seminal head, and we've had the spear, and we've had a bunch of different things. You know, they have that cool tribal that they do on the uh, the football jerseys. A couple of years ago, the team did like a what was it? It was the the cure for cancer one. It was the purple, and they had the the tribal the tribal with like a purple inlay, and the team got in huge trouble for having that because it's only for the football team. The football team is the only team that can use it licensed is very tricky i will say at florida state we're trying to get we're trying to do some jerseys now for a fundraiser we we started a, a scholarship at florida state in john's name uh, to support you know gold star students at florida state through the fsu veterans center and one of the fundraisers that we were trying to do last year for the scholarship was a military appreciation jersey florida state has a logo called the called the veterans alliance logo and it's a it's the spearhead and it's got the American flag, and it's got the FS in the middle. And we wanted to, you know, make these camo jerseys like garnet gold, white camo jerseys with this logo. And we put it into the licensing office and we heard crickets. And it was just kind of like, oh, like we got to get these things made. And hopefully we're we're on the right track. We've been kind of bouncing the idea back and forth with them. And we're we're trying to get them in, but maybe we'll maybe we'll uh, we'll send you guys one once we get it made.
0: Oh, that that'd be awesome! Yeah, no, I I know how frustrating that can be. There was a time when I was at Syracuse and we got told that we couldn't even like use the logo on social media, and and we made a big fuss about it. Ended up going on ESPN Syracuse with one of my buddies, and and we caused a whole storm. And eventually, they pulled the plug on the whole thing. So I know the headaches that goes through. Actually, funny story. You talk about the striping, you know, you, you think about, you know, that's Florida State. North Carolina has their argyle. I was talking with the club president at Auburn they showed up to nationals and they had the, the stripe on their helmets I was like oh that is so cool and he was like you would not you don't even know what we went through to get that stripe on our helmet because like Auburn has that trademark if you're going to wear a white helmet with navy blue and uh, orange stripe, it screams Auburn. And so they want to know about it. And it was crazy the hoops they had to go through just to get a stripe on their helmet. So I can only imagine a school like Florida State, they probably want to have their hands on all that stuff.
2: I think what the deal is, I think, I assume it's the... Like the companies that create the logos for Florida state, it's Nike, right? Like Nike reimagined all of the logos after the 2013 national championship, that logo there, the new Florida state, you know, head or whatever. I think that's almost like a Nike brand. And so like, it's hard to like, Hey, can we get those on a Jersey? And it's like, well, we got to talk to Nike. You know, someone, someone needs to call Phil Knight and say, Hey, can some kids down in Florida state use this? Uh, on the on a jersey and try to sell it make some money as soon as you try to make money off it, it's like nope that's not how it works it's kind of refreshing to hear though that other teams have issues because when i see all these jerseys i'm like why does everyone else get to use their stuff and we don't
0: yeah, it's all about who can be the most creative with, you know, at Syracuse, we had a third jersey that people loved and it just said SYR in a different font. We made it after the the USA World Junior jerseys and people loved it and it was like dodged a bullet. People didn't even realize that we didn't use the S on the jersey. So it's all about, you know, what you can do to, to get away with it. But we got to talk about, you guys mentioned it a couple times now, the journeys you guys would go through just to practice. How far of a drive were you guys making? What were these rinks like? What I can imagine these are some late night drives with some gas station dinners that you guys were going through just to practice.
3: Uh, I don't know if you've ever played roller hockey. I've never been so humbled playing the sport of hockey in my life. I, I remember my first practice at Florida State. You know, going from Mount Saint Charles where we have a rink on campus. You're you're practicing five times a week. Uh, we would drive. The, well, in, at the time, we practiced at a roller rink in town, but it was like a, a public roller skating rink. You didn't have boards. You had, you know, that six six-inch dasher and then netting. And I'll never forget uh, uh, another alumni, this guy, Ralph, who grew up playing roller. He's coming straight at me on a one-on-one and does this move where he leaves the puck between his legs and, like, slide stops to 180 out of it. And, I like, the whole time I'm like, oh, God, he's going to break my ankles. I still can't hockey stop on rollerblades. I, I don't know how it's done. Re- I mean, Steve, I think even when you were there, we were still practicing probably two weekends a month at roller. And then we, I mean, a lot of it was just dryland training. We do, a lot, you know, to... Play, play a pickup game in a parking lot, street street hockey style. We'd go to roller rinks for roller practices. And then I think at the time, all we could really afford, because our dues were like 300 a year. We got maybe $5,000 from the school. Um, we would usually do like uh, one weekend practice early in the fall semester. And then if we could afford another weekend in Orlando, we would do that. And then we'd usually do try and do one more weekend right before the Savannah Classic. And then that was it. So we pretty much only had four or five ice practices. And then it was games.
2: We we were uh we were called we were game day players. We weren't getting any ice time. I mean that was that was the trick with Florida State. Even when I when I was playing on the team in oh seven oh eight, you know it's just like he described. I mean we were traveling to Jacksonville on Friday nights after you know after school to get to ice time at ten thirty at night in Jacksonville just to get two hours of ice. I think it, even at that time, I think Orlando was our home rink, and that's a three and a half hour drive from Tallahassee. You know we were driving to Orlando we would have a friday night practice we would spend the night if a, one of the guys at the time his parents that he was from orlando and his parents had a huge house 18 guys would be crashing in this guy's house on a friday and saturday night and we'd be doing practices and then we'd just sunday morning drive back to tallahassee you know play games the next weekend and we'd have 6 weeks of games and then it would be Christmas break and then we'd come out of Christmas break and okay let's go to Jacksonville because we have one week to prepare for Savannah that was our practice and that was it and that's that's that that was like the last practice we would have for the year because the rest of the year would be games
0: that that is unbelievable well I have I have one question too and, and we can skip it if, if we need to but there is one Florida State hockey alum that I'm familiar with because I followed Barstool Sports for a very long time and that is uh, John Feidelberg, and I'm just doing a little research here, and it says he played four games in the 08-09 season, so that had to have overlapped with you guys, and I'm getting some head nods here, but any stories about his time as a Florida State Seminole hockey player?
3: I've got a lot of
0: them. Um, I,
3: the one that is just sums him up in my entire thing, so a buddy of mine and I went to pick him up for a, for a you know weekend game. I don't remember where, but you know, Friday afternoon, we're swinging by Fights House. And he's like, guys, I've been robbed. He's like, no, literally, I was packing my hockey bag and some guy walked into my apartment, grabbed my TV and just walked out. And we're like, well, what'd you do? He's like, I just, I let him take it. I, I was going to fight him. Like, I just let him take it. When he got hired at Barstool, uh, you know, I read a couple of his blogs and, you know, a couple of people that knew like, oh, you played hockey with, with him at Florida State. Like, he doesn't, that is exactly who he is. Like he doesn't turn it up, turn it down. Like there was a video of him, like when Miley Cyrus started blowing up dancing. Someone's like, oh, he's like putting on a show. I'm like, no, nah, that's just who he is. Like he, he's just. I mean, he's a good guy all around. But uh, yeah, no, he had. I think he played one season with us. He did. Was he on the, the winning Savannah team, Steve? He was. He was there. So he's. Yeah, he's, yeah he's, he was. He was, he was on there. the winning
2: team in Savannah, and that, like Greg said that is, that is Feidelberg to a, to a T I mean, he's just, he, he's a super nice guy. He is an intent. He is intense. I still love that. He goes to like the ball hockey tournaments and he still has the tomahawks on the back of his helmet. Cause I'm like, yeah, boy represent. I love, I love that. But, uh, I wish, I wish we would have more communication with John, but he's super busy obviously with all of his stuff going on in Barstool and you know, his crazy life that he's living up there, you know, that everyone else gets that everyone gets to see obviously. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, knowing him was, uh, was pretty cool.
0: Well, that that's so funny to hear one that he's like the same guy that he was back then obviously we love seeing him rep florida state club hockey on his helmet you know when he is playing in the Chicklets cup and all that but i asked because we have like a list of like celebrities who played acha hockey that are kind of like our white whale like a guest that we'd love to get on so maybe we'll post something we'll give him a shout out let him know that we were talking about on the podcast and maybe start uh making some connections with him. To to wrap it up here, we've gone a little bit over here and I appreciate you guys hanging with us. This has been awesome so far, but I think it's fitting. I, I call it the roll out of bed hockey players. Like I, I played with some guys that, you know, you had one goalie who maybe he was like a really big gamer and he was always lasered focus in practice. You, I had another be- friend who was a goalie who he would just like roll out of bed and he could start a hockey game for you guys. And it's funny, like you guys sharing your stories from Florida state, you guys kind of had to be that hockey team because you were away from ice for so long. And now you all of a sudden you're playing in front of 8000 fans in Savannah and it's only fitting now that you guys are bringing everybody back and I'm sure guys are rolling out of bed with aches and pains and they're just like they will be in Jacksonville this March when it comes time to play in the tournament.
2: And I think I think that's the beauty of it. Uh, that's the beauty of Florida State hockey at the moment is, you know, we get to we get to share our experiences with these with these kids that are on the team now and like, "Hey man, it hasn't changed. This is what we did and we we tell them our stories and they're, "Oh my god, you had to drive to this and that and it's like, "Yeah, man." Like that's what we did. And uh, the movement right now is we're, we're trying to find some way to get ice in Tallahassee. That's the biggest hurdle for Florida State hockey at the moment is, is getting something closer to home. And we're working on that as an alumni group. And it's, uh, it's, it's a special time for Florida State hockey, I'll say that. Um, you know, we might, might be on a little bit of a downer, you know, being left out of Savannah hockey classic, but uh, I think the future is bright for the club and, and for our alumni group. So I'm happy to be a part of
0: it. We'll love to see it. And once again, the Worker Cup is March 15th to the 17th in Jacksonville, Florida. So if you are interested, even shoot hockey house pod a DM, if you're listening to this and we'll, we'll get you guys in contact with Stephen Craig and get everybody signed up, but looking forward to Some good hockey here and looking forward to following along uh, College Hockey South. Keep an eye on the Seminoles here in the second half of the year.
2: Sounds great, Mac. It's awesome, man.
0: Yeah, thank you so much for having us on. Once again, thanks to Steven and Craig for coming on. They're doing great things. Would try to put a team in if it didn't you know, coincide with the national tournaments this season. But maybe we'll have to make that work in the future. Thanks for coming on. They're doing it for a great cause as well, which is really cool. Plenty of games to watch this weekend. We'll kick things off Friday night in M3 action. we got Lawrence Tech, the number three team in M3, taking on number 10, University of Michigan. Michigan make, looking to go on a run here. They're defending national champions. Friday night, we have Florida Gulf Coast, though, taking on Kentucky. Kentucky making the trip down to Fort Myers. FGCU looking like a wagon. Kentucky looking to make up ground, see if they can get that auto bid to nationals. They're right on that fringe spot at the number three slot in the ACHA Southeast. Forget that Kentucky's in the Southeast. Kentucky's more Southeast than Indiana will ever be, so I shouldn't be forgetting that one. Saturday night, in M3 action, though, it's Saginaw Valley State taking on Oakland. That's number nine, M3 versus number 11. Friday night, we got Miami University taking on Indiana. These two teams play in the Southeast, if you can believe that. Number five, Miami versus number two, Indiana. Indiana sitting on that auto bid right now. Friday night in women's action, Maryville taking on Arizona State. Two teams going toe-to-toe. Could be some dark horses come national championship season. And Friday night, we have Sioux College taking on Lawrence Tech in a battle between two of the top teams in women's two. Friday night in AAU action, Bama taking on South Carolina at the Pelham Civic Complex. Bama at number 13, having a tough year. They're looking to bounce back in an early matchup against South Carolina to start the semester. Sticking with Friday night in AAU, Florida Atlantic. The FAU Owls taking on Farmingdale. Farmingdale's D1 team making the trip down to florida for this one jordan deluciano and i talked about this on the aau overtime pod this is going to be an exciting matchup you got farmingdale who's going down you know looking to get some warm weather and then fau looking to you know prove that they belong with some of the top teams in aau they're at the top spot in AAU D d2 right now friday night maryville taking on grand valley state this is number six versus 13 at the maryville university hockey center we'll see if maryville has the edge in this one Coming off of playing this past weekend with a split against Illinois State Friday night, Michigan Tech taken on Northern Michigan in M two action, the Miners Cup at Lakeview Stadium. We also got Ohio University taking on Oswego. First time in program history, former Ohio University grad assistant Travis Hyde back at Bird Arena. He's now the head coach at Oswego State. It was almost going to give Herm a hard time for throwing this one on the sheet, but I can understand why. Big game for the Lakers making the trip to Bird Arena. We also have an AAU action, SEC showdown Friday night at End Market Arena, University of Florida, taking on University of Tennessee in the Savannah Classic. But our game of the week this week, watch out for this one, AAU D1, University of Georgia, taking on AAU D2, Georgia Tech from End Market Arena at the Savannah Classic. The prime time slot, 830 on Friday night, Hockey House pod in the building. It is going to be a good one. Start things off. Herm is rolling with the dogs. Fitzy's going with Georgia Tech. Collins, who's your pick for this one? When it comes to college football, I hate anybody
1: that is a powerhouse school. So tonight I am rooting for Washington. I think I'm going to go with the dogs. Kind of seems like the obvious pick, having watched that team play in person and that stunner against the bonnies at nationals on rink two i'm gonna i'm gonna go with the dogs here
0: I'm going with the dogs too. Ugga in attendance. You can't lose with Ugga there. It's going to be a great time. I also know that they do some great things with the children's hospital in Savannah. Usually when they make the trip, Coach Campy's usually very good about doing that. Georgia Tech, though, they make some noise in this tournament. They're not afraid to play spoilers. So gotten off to a tough start here, but keep an eye on them. I'll still go with the dogs, though. I'm like you. I don't really like picking for that big name school, but you got to take UGA here, especially too. They've been playing on the road for most of the season, so it's going to be good for them to, you know, play in an environment they're used to they're used to playing in the big time games in savannah so this will be a fun one that brings up the question of the week we talk about the savannah classic you got georgia tech bringing the rambling wreck the you know the old car out onto the ice you got florida coming out with the live gator you got ugga in attendance new team this year a new old team tennessee coming to the savannah classic i've heard they're bringing one of their traditions as well so collins i ask you what is a college football tradition that you would like to see translate to the ACHA or AAU. I was thinking about taking the running
1: through the T with Tennessee in attendance. It might happen. So I'm going to choose something that is uh, a little bit more outlandish, the Sooner Schooner on the ice. So sick, even though we kind of do talk about Oklahoma a lot, and then we like kind of go like for like long periods of time without talking about Oklahoma. I feel like it's a program that just can't be ignored and one of the coolest programs at least in the ACHA a more minor college football tradition though I'd like to see I mentioned it before I want the battle of the blue I want Villanova versus Delaware as a staple game every single year it's a great FCS college football rivalry and it needs to make its way back to the ice because it's been probably five or six years since it last happened
0: Let's make that happen. Power the hockey house pod. Let's put it to work here. My tradition, I was thinking, what would I do? And then, you know, I woke up this morning and I was like, what am I going to wear for work today? And I actually threw on my Clemson shirt. I'm I'm not a fraud fan. I'm just a a bandwagon fan. I'm not even going to call myself fraud. Just Hopping on the bandwagon, went down. Tim Kalinowski showed me the way when we were down in South Carolina, got to experience that. And I was like, you know what? That was probably the best college football game I went to all this this year. So I'll rep the Tigers today in the final day of the college football season. I would like to see, you know, Clemson in football has the running down the hill. I want Clemson to go mystery Alaska style and do the skating down the hill onto the ice. I think that would be great to see if we could do an outdoor game, maybe in Memorial Stadium and they come skating down the hill. I think that would be great to see mystery Alaska vibes, though. If they can do in the movie, they can do it in AAU college hockey. So that is my pick for a college football tradition I'd like to see on the ice. I
1: got to mention, though, like most hockey players, I've never skated on ice downhill. I've skated on rollerblades downhill. Maybe throw like a Red Bull crashed ice course leading down to the uh, to the rink throw some jumps in there some some punching bags why not
0: a guy at my rink who played men's league a couple of years ago he did the one at, they did one at Fenway Park and he was in that one so curious what what hockey skills translate to that I mean you got to be good on your edges but I feel like it's almost like more like skiing than it is like playing hockey so an ACHA crashed ice tournament would be great you want to talk about views here I mean, if we had schools going head to head that would be what an obscure club sport if we had crashed ice and. ACHA and AAU college hockey.
1: 611 thoughts. Make ACHA crash dice a thing. Just maybe don't send your best players out there because they might get injured. True, true.
0: Uh, we, we forgot to mention one An honorable mention for games to watch this week. Want to mention the nuclear shootout going on in New Mexico and the Los Alamos. This game is basically played on the side of a mountain, a really cool venue outdoors, no roof. You got Air Force, Arizona State, Missouri State, and University of New Mexico going head-to-head in m 3 Action Outdoors. So we're going to keep an eye on that one as well. But that wraps up the show for this weekend. As we mentioned, myself and young Grace Murphy, the Hockey House Pod, making the trip down to Savannah. So we're looking forward to seeing everyone there. Make sure to say hi if you see a Hockey House hoodie or the hats. We'll be on the lookout. Maybe we'll have some stickers on hand, give those out to some people. Maybe we'll have some other prizes we can give away over the weekend. As always, tune in to the Hockey House Pod on all social channels. You got Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, that's the one I'm missing. Couldn't think of it. But at Hockey House Pod. We'll keep you up to date on everything ACHA and AAU College Hockey this weekend. And We look forward to seeing you all next week. See you, boys.